This week was a rough one. Work was just one stressful day after another. The furnace broke and needed to be replaced, which was not cheap. And then, as I'm sure you can hear, I got sick for the second time in less than a month. And as much as we would all love to just slow down, there seems to be more and more things that are requiring our time, especially as we move further into the school year. The extra school events, school plays, performances, and then all of the outside of school stuff. And with the holidays right around the corner, and I'm a big celebrator, I go hard on the holidays. I decorate, I host, and I try to do a lot of extra service activities because that is what the season is all about. And as fun as those holidays are and curling up on the couch to watch Hallmark movies, and yes, I love my Hallmark movies and I'm counting down the days until they're back on TV, the holidays can be very stressful. And as moms, we're usually the ones to make the holidays happen. Even if you have a hands-on dad, which I'm so blessed to have a very involved husband, but the majority of it still falls on all of our plates. And it's not just our schedules that cause the stress. The holidays can cause financial stress and emotional stress. It could be very overwhelming, especially if you add work into the mix. Which brings me to today's topic. I had the pleasure of interviewing Michelle Grosser. She's a nervous system expert, and we had an amazing and very enlightening conversation. We talked for so long that I had to break our interview up into three parts, which will all be released this week. In this three-part series, Michelle will walk us through how the nervous system plays a part in our stress and in our anxiety, the negative effects stress has on our bodies, how stress triggers autoimmune diseases, and most importantly, what we can do holistically to help heal and regulate our bodies. If you're having a hard time juggling your schedule, which is what causes a lot of our stress, and you can't seem to find time for self-care, which helps our stress, please book a discovery call with me today. They are free. They are quick. You tell me what's going on. I tell you how I can help. And if we're a good fit, you book a session. And during our session, I'll help you create a schedule that works for you. I have successfully helped so many of my clients find time in their schedule for what's important to them. To learn more or to book a call, just check out my website. It's momwifecareerlife.com. It all comes down to healthy habits, creating good routines, and setting those boundaries. And after today's episode and this week's series, you'll learn quick tips to build into your routines to help calm your body, decrease your stress, and regulate your nervous system. So let's get started with today's episode. Are you feeling overwhelmed trying to juggle all the many hats you wear as a working mom? Do you want more quality time with your family without distraction of work, with time alone to take care of yourself and your needs? Welcome to Mom Wife Career Life. I'm Carrie, a wife, mom of three, and a recovering perfectionist. In this podcast, I will teach you how to create balance in your life by implementing healthy habits, organizing your home and your schedule, being intentional with your time and in your relationships, and most importantly, how to start putting your needs first because no one can pour from an empty cup. Grab that second cup of coffee, or if you're anything like me, your third, it's time to dive into today's episode Mom Wife Career Life. Joining us today is Michelle Grosser, a nervous system expert, certified master life coach, and the host of the Calm Mom podcast. Through somatic and neuroscience-based modalities, she coaches women through discovering what's beneath their triggers and emotions so they can begin their healing journey and find peace in the present. She deeply believes that the most profound thing we can offer our children is our own healing. She and her husband, Jeff, have two daughters and live in Miami, Florida. 
Well, welcome, Michelle. I'm so glad to have you today. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be here. So you started out as a lawyer. What got you interested in the nervous system? Yeah, so I've been practicing law for the last I don't know, 12 or 13 years, and I'm still practicing a little bit. But when I had my first daughter, so like almost seven years ago, I hit like such a rock bottom level of burnout. I think I was so disconnected from how hard I had been going and I was so stuck in my head and I was living with so much anxiety and I had always kind of been a go-getter and a type A and I just wasn't allowing myself to slow down. And I went right back to work when I had a baby. I remember she was like four or five weeks old and I'm nursing her while I'm on a Zoom hearing or at a deposition and I'm like, what is going on? And my body just forced me to stop and slow down and kind of shut down. And I had to really take that seriously and reevaluate a lot of things. And I felt so called in that moment to really help other women who I saw were experiencing just a similar journey. Moms are fried, (laughs) so fried. And there's just not a lot of resources out there. Like there's so many resources for parenting as there should be. But at that time, I was having a really hard time figuring out what do I do for me? How do I take care of myself? How do I even recover from burnout? And I was so naive. I was like, there must be a a supplement I can take or like a pill that will just give me more energy (laughs) or like a quick fix because I didn't understand how comprehensive that healing journey would be. And as I started really researching it and seeing different practitioners and working with coaches, the underlying theme to everything I was learning was our nervous system. So as I started to learn more about the nervous system, and how it functions and how I can really start to heal mine and take care of myself, that's when I really noticed healing. And that's when things started to change and my anxiety started to dissipate and the overwhelm started to go. And the physical things I was noticing in my body started to change. And I was just speaking differently and thinking differently and parenting differently. And it was so powerful. And I just went on a deep dive. Like I was just became obsessed with the nervous system. And now I'm just so fired up about it because... I want every woman to experience what I experienced when I really learned how to work with my nervous system and heal it and bring it to peak fitness, right? We talk about like physical fitness or our mental health, but there's not really a lot out there. It's growing, um, but there's not really a lot out there about our neurological fitness. And that's really the space that I'm trying to take up and teach about. I can so relate to that. And I know so many other moms can too, because we're so quick to think of what medication might make this better. And doctors are so quick to say, take this pill. But the more I'm learning on my spiritual journey and on my health journey is that we really have so much power to heal ourselves holistically by eating the right foods, by moving our bodies, by working on our mindset, by slowing down. By taking the time to meditate and listen to what our bodies are trying to tell us. And it's hard for moms to take the time to get educated on all of these things they could be doing to help themselves heal and to help our kids heal. And that's why I really wanted to have you come on my show today to help educate me and my listeners on what we can be doing better. So let's start with the basics. Can you give us a brief explanation on how our nervous system works and what a somatic response is? Yeah. So our nervous system. Its primary function is to keep us safe, right? So it's always taking in messages, storing messages, sending messages to keep us safe for the survival of our species. And it's really good at that, especially throughout evolution, right? Like if there was a 
I don't know, bear or lion like chasing us, our nervous system would spur us into action and release certain hormones and chemicals. So we'd be able to run or fight whatever the threat was. And it allowed us to survive as a species. Nowadays, it still functions in a similar way, but it's not great at differentiating between real threats like being chased by a lion or a perceived threat like a text coming through from our boss that like shoots us into anxiety or something. So the same physiological response occurs. We perceive this stressor, some sort of danger, some sort of threat, some actual threat to our physical safety, but our body's not good at differentiating that. And it releases these chemicals and it spurs us into this stress response so we can run or we can fight or we can freeze. And because nowadays, right, back then you were hit with a stressor, you ran, you fought, your body was able to metabolize, process all of these hormones that were being released, and you had sufficient time to return to your baseline stress level before you had to like run from another animal or whatever it was. And nowadays, just the pace with which we live life, we're like always going, we're constantly living under this state of stress and our body is not designed to be able to metabolize and process it. So it starts to store all of this stuff. So that's a lot of the work in working with the nervous system is learning how to release all of this stuff and then heal some of those triggers, which is really what they are, that are spurring us into these stress responses that a lot of us are living in chronically day to day, um, whether we're aware of it or not. Our nervous system is always communicating with us. And somatic is really just the expression in our body, right? Somatic and the Greek soma was whole. So it's our whole body. So we're really good at keeping things in our head. And we love to ruminate and we love to worry and we love to catastrophize and all of these different things. But our body is also communicating with us. And in Western culture, we just don't slow down enough and we don't pay attention to the messages that are coming through our body. So for example, we'll experience a headache or we'll experience tension in our jaw, right? Or we'll experience like pain in our back. And what do we do? We take an Advil, we wear a mouth guard, we like do all of these things. And we're so quick to, to kill the messenger and not listen to the message. So the somatic work is really just a practice in learning how to listen to what our body is trying to communicate to us and then work with the neck down. Because when we go to traditional talk therapy or when we are stuck in our head, it's like only so much can happen from the neck up. We're forgetting the whole rest of our body. So the work in somatics that I do is really, it, it is holistic in, in the whole body sense that we don't just work with our mind, but we include the whole rest of the body because our nervous system runs through our whole body, right? It's not just our brain. So how do you listen to a somatic response? Is it like a meditation? How do you connect yeah. to it? So a big part of it is just slowing down and being intentional, right? I really believe in my experience coaching so many women in somatics is like we have this inner knowing and we have this inner intuition that we are mostly oblivious to or just disconnected from because we're going like 100 miles an hour all the time. And we don't live in a culture that really values or teaches enough about the fact that like I know like when my head is throbbing or my neck is like so tense or my jaw or whatever it is, my gut, I, I know what I need to do. I know for me, my body's telling me you need to slow down. You're going too fast 
Or maybe it's telling me, hey, there's a conversation that you've been avoiding that you really need to have and it's stressing you out. Or maybe it's telling me you have too much on your plate right now. You're not doing a good job with your boundaries you need to, or whatever it is. But we're just moving too quick to really even listen. So yes, it is a practice of turning inward. And it's, it's exactly that. It's a practice. So it might feel really uncomfortable at first. But if we start to notice these somatic cues that our body gives us, that we're approaching dysregulation, we can slow down and we can be like, hey, what's going on here? What's the message that's being sent? And then just sitting and letting that kind of sit and marinate. And it comes up. Like, I'll ask my clients to sit there for a second. What's that pain in your neck trying to tell you? And they'll be so surprised. Like, oh, it's telling you like something that I'm carrying is so heavy. And then they're like, oh, yeah, this whole thing just got dropped on me yesterday. And I'm like, there's always some connection. And we're like so surprised by it. It's like, no, your body is just so smart. And it's trying to tell you um, to pay attention. I definitely need to get better at listening to my body and really slowing down. My brain is always going a million miles a minute with ideas and things I have to do and things I want to do. So definitely need to do work in that area. So how does suppressing your emotions affect your body and what role do hormones play in all of that? Yeah, so suppressing our emotions is a really big deal. And it's also something that is, I think, encouraged by society, right? Something that's rewarded. We place labels on emotions like they're weak or they're strong or we, you know, we affirm our children by being like, wow, you're so tough or you're so strong if they hold back their tears or however it shows up, right? A lot of us have been conditioned like that. And the thing with our emotions is we only do one of two things with them. We either recycle them or we allow them to release. So we notice emotions coming up. Let's say, I don't know, you're really frustrated, right? You're in a conversation with your husband and you're super like annoyed or frustrated and you feel like that thing in your throat that's just like coming up and the tears are starting to well up and you're like holding it in and you only have one of two choices you can either greet that with judgment and be like it's not that place for it I don't want to seem like a psycho right now like if I I, I start crying the wheels are going to fly off and I'm just going to be a mess or whatever judgment comes forward and then what do we do we suppress and we just shove it way back down to where it came from or when that comes up we can start to get into a practice of greeting it instead of with judgment, reading it with compassion and understanding that this is our body's natural biological response to whatever we're facing in this moment. And that our body, as it functions, needs to be able to release this emotion. Emotion is energy in motion, emotion. So if there's an energetic charge to our emotions, especially those big ones like anger and rage and all these big emotions. So when we're constantly suppressing these and we don't have good tools to allow them to release, we're like walking around all day like someone trying to hold this big, huge balloon or beach ball underwater, right? And it takes time and it takes energy and it takes effort and it takes focus. And that's taking up space in our mind, in our body, in our energetic field that then we're not able to spend on other things, right? It's exhausting to hold all of this stuff in. And another part of that is that When we're not allowing our emotions to express because of everything that's being held on the inside, we all have a window of tolerance. And that's the range within which we can handle life, like just stuff happening in our life without it dysregulating our nervous system. So it's why on some days we have a really wide window of tolerance and like we're late for work and the kids are whiny and we get cut off in traffic. But because our window of tolerance is so wide, 
we are like handle it like a champ and we don't even mind and we get to work and we're like man i like crushed this morning like everything came at me and i don't know i just crushed it today and then the next day like the same exact things can handle can happen and we're just like screaming and crying and bawling and we're like i'm not cut out for this or whatever and it's the same thing that happened but on one day we had a really wide window of tolerance and we could handle a lot without being dysregulated and on the other day we had a really narrow window of tolerance and our window of tolerance is affected by a lot of things but one of the things is our emotional hygiene how much are we allowing emotions to actually release so we can create that that space to handle other things right more of life or are we just pushing it back down, pushing it back down, and it's taking up space inside of us. I have so much to say on this topic. I found that I've gotten a lot better at letting my emotions go, especially like starting a podcast, starting a business, still working my corporate job, still doing all the mom, wife, career life things that I do. And I found one of the best stress release is just a good cry. I feel like I've cried more in the past four months but I feel so much better after I do it. Instead of, like you said, suppressing it, I let it out. I get over it. I remind myself that I always get through it, no matter what. If you're sitting here listening to this podcast today, you got through something and you're better for it. So have a good cry, mamas. How do you create and maintain a resilient nervous system? Mm. I think that's such a beautiful question because just for a lot of reasons, but one is just that you're asking about a resilient nervous system. And that's the goal. Even in like the name of my podcast, The Calm Mom, like I struggled with that so much because I don't want to be part of this problem or like this messaging going out to moms that like we should be calm all the time. Or like if I'm not zanned out or if I'm not calm, I'm like an awful, crazy mom. And that's not true. And it's unrealistic. And if that's what we're shooting for, we need to be able to just let that go because the goal is not to be calm all the time. That's actually not a healthy nervous system. The goal is to be resilient. The goal is that whenever it comes at me, I can handle it, right? Maybe it does pique my anxiety for a little bit. Maybe it does make me feel really sad or really angry or whatever these different emotions are. But I have the tools and I'm resilient enough that I can bring myself. I don't get stuck in those dysregulated states. So we want to be resilient. I have three main ways, I guess, that I teach as habits that I think are great for foundational nervous system health for being resilient in our nervous system. And it's a daily practice. And I coach and I recommend that everyone incorporate these in your day-to-day. It doesn't have to be this big morning routine kind of thing, but it's 10 minutes of stillness every day. I like to do my 10 minutes of stillness in the morning. And that's whatever it looks like for you, but it's stillness. It's not listening to a podcast. It's not reading a book. It's really teaching our nervous system to be able to just be. So many of us are uncomfortable slowing down, stopping, being with our thoughts. So maybe it is 10 minutes of just laying there without any sort of stimulation. Maybe it's a 10 minute walk without your phone and your headphones on. Maybe it is just listening to binaural beats or prayer or whatever it looks like, but 10 minutes of stillness. And then it's 10 minutes of movement, whatever that looks like for you. Also, some days for me, it's like a really hard hit workout that goes 45 minutes. Some days I just sit on the floor and stretch for 10 minutes because that's all I've got in me. But movement is so important for the health of our nervous system. And then the third thing is my favorite because I think it's the least talked about, but I think it's the most powerful in building nervous system health is that we've got to get 10 minutes of play a day, at least 10 minutes. 
And when I say play, our initial reaction is like, but I don't have time to play. Like that's for kids or like whatever it is that we've been conditioned to believe. But 10 minutes a day, we just have to make the time for the things that make us feel alive and the things that we enjoy and the things that light us up. And if you have no idea what that is for you, because so many of my clients come to me and they're like, I haven't played in like 20 years. Like I'm exhausted. What are you talking about? And it's this re-exploration and discovery of like, what brought you joy as a kid? Like pick up your rollerblades and go rollerblade around the block. Like put on your favorite song three times a day and dance to it and watch what that does for the state of your stress and nervous system, right? Take out that art set or that, I don't know, that flute or whatever hobby that you have that really brings you joy. It's not just playing like with your kids. Like for me, I'm a six-year-old and a five-year-old, like playing Barbies with them is not fun for me. Like I, I do not enjoy that. So that's not play, but something that really lights you up. And just fitting that into your day consistently, some stillness, some movement, and some play every day. It's a beautiful foundation for healthy nerves. I was laughing because I actually put music on and dance in my kitchen when I'm alone all the time. My kids have seen it, but my husband listens to some of my podcast episodes and I mentioned it as a stress relief on one of my episodes. And he's like, you really dance in the kitchen? I'm like, yes, I do. And I love it. So it works. It does. It does. Well, this is a good place for us to take a pause. Make sure you come back tomorrow to listen to part two of our three-part series, where we'll be talking about understanding what triggers our nervous system, the impact stress has on our autoimmune diseases, and ways to nourish your system. Now go put on some music, dance in your kitchen, and regulate your nervous system. Sending you so much love and light until next time on Mom Wife Career Life with Carrie Pat. Before you go, if you found this podcast helpful, I would be so grateful if you would take a minute, go on over to iTunes and leave me a review. If you have other stressed out mamas in your life that you feel this podcast could help, take a screenshot of this episode, post it in your Instagram stories and tag me and let them know they are not alone and they can create balance in their life too. If there is a topic you'd like me to cover or you just want to connect, DM me on Instagram at mom.wife.career.life or join our new Facebook community. Sending you love and light until next time on the Mom Wife Career Life Podcast with Carrie Patton.